Tonight, we go transcontinental as we break down the weekend shit show with our guests, Ryan and Manny. We talk sniffing glue, Justin Bieber's cop, and make an attempt to make some sense of Arsenal's poor away form. All this and more tonight on this and Ask Brothers Rancast. Welcome to this at trans fucking gender. Nope, transcontinental Ask Brothers podcast. We are coming to you from America, Melbourne, England. It's fucking all happening. It's everywhere. And we're here. And we wish that we had some kind of semblance of a good game to talk to you about. But no, what we're left with is basically kind of like a, a dish, like a, like a chef would cook. Except if you went to said chef and said the only ingredients you have are shit. Make me an amazing dish out of shit. And what Arsenal produced was basically fucking shit. And I'm not fucking surprised. But we're going to welcome in a panel of guys to talk about said shit. And hopefully we're going to come to some resolution. As always, Toby, welcome. Thanks, buddy. How you I doing, mate? I wish I could say I was feeling good about this, but we'll get there. It's okay. It's okay. Manny Riz, the main man. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, Convict. What's going on? Hmm. <laughs> and welcoming for the first time our friend Ryan. He's been a fan of the show since we started up. I somehow get ended up becoming friends with him on Twitter. He's a regular poster, regular to the Arsenal fans for him, and we're popping Ryan's cherry tonight. So Ryan, hey mate, how are you? Hey, what's going on? Uh good. I'm excited. Feels good. Uh wish it was a better game to talk about, but uh I'm ready to get into it. Ryan, just quickly, tell the Ask Brothers listeners, who are you and where you're from? All right. Well, my name's Ryan McMurray. Uh, from Connecticut in uh, America. i uh, been an Arsenal fan for quite some time. I found you guys uh, from one of my friends, Greg, who is a filthy, filthy spud. Um, and I've been listening to you guys uh, from the beginning, and I can't stop. What could I say? Just addictive to the addicted to the vulgarity. Oh, I love it! I love it. I'm I'm constantly making dick jokes. My friends are making fun of me, but yeah, I don't mind. Ah, uh, that's what we do. That's what the Ars Brothers do. Toby, is that a proud moment for you? Yeah, some somewhat proud that we actually make someone worse as a human being. I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, we we bring those down around us, don't we? We, we do. bring that's, them to the gutter. That's what we try. That's what we try and do. I try and collect a rabble of people together to, to swear vigorously into the microphone. Guys, Everton, Arsenal. Obviously not the result that we were looking for. I know I'm going to sound like a broken record and Manny's probably going to tell me to shut the fuck up, but it was in our hands. It was in our hands, boys. It was all in our control and it slipped out of our control. I know how I felt when I saw the lineups announced. Manny, I'm going to throw it to you first. How far did your confidence sink when you saw the Egyptian mop selected? Oh, mate, I was... um, I lost it. I'm not going to lie, I lost it. I looked at the lineup and I was like, what the fuck is this here? You know, and I immediately just took my mind to, to Everton and I pictured myself strangling Emery really, really hard. 
just to the point where he loses consciousness and then I let him go just to let him know that you fucked up here you know it's not just the fact that he played him but he played an inexperienced youngster next to him I don't know what the fuck he was expecting um yeah oh bro uh, <sighs> it, it, it was it was the biggest way to go flaccid that I've ever had in my <laughs> life man I'm, I'm telling you like it, it was just the Biggest boner kill ever. Yeah. Tobes, mate, were you surprised? Look, not really. I mean, I can't, I mean, I'll I'll take a step back. I was shocked when I saw two mops because I was like, why is Genduzi playing twice? And then the the penny dropped. Um, But really, in, in contrast to what Manny was saying, I don't know who else he could have played. You know, the, the only thing maybe we could have done is a bit of a, a formational switch and brought Ainsley Maiton Niles. Like, he's the only other central midf- midfielder that I can think of. Um, we had to rest Rambo. You know, that's I think that's what the sports scientists were saying. Um, Xhaka obviously injured and Torreira su- suspended. So I don't feel like we had a hell of a lot of options unless um, unless we change thing up, things up formationally. Um, and I kind of feel like three at the back at the moment, in hindsight, may be different. But at the moment, that's our surest way of defending, particularly away from home. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Ryan, tossing it over to you, mate. Um, we all are in agreement that, yes, the lineup may have been somewhat of a necessity. I mean, I personally hated not seeing a Wobi there because for me it looked so lightweight, a, a midfield of Genduzi, um, El Neni, Mikatarian, and Ozil was never going to work for anyone, especially seeing how Everton have been playing lately. But do you think there was another option, Ryan? Maybe a, a different formation that would have worked, maybe within the same or same-ish personnel? Um, I actually kind of agree with Toby. I think we definitely should have went to a back four. Um. I think maybe Maitland-Niles should have probably been considered for the midfield. Uh, I actually, shocker, I'm actually, uh, I kind of like Elneny. I think he, I don't think he's a great player, don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. Granted, putting him next to a 19-year-old with the same hairstyle, probably (laughs) not the best idea. Uh, Definitely not the best idea. I was a little nervous. I was excited for Elneny to start, but I... Did not like his counterpart, his, uh, the guy that was next to him. Um, mm. I think, you know, they could have did something about that, but I don't know. I, I definitely think back four, definitely, though, should have been uh, considered, especially mm. with uh, the whole Socrates on uh, nine yellows, which I'm sure we'll get into. Well, I guess we might as well crack straight into that then, guys, because Socrates, yellow card, gone for the next couple of games. That does essentially fuck us for back threes because. For me, Socrates is so important to us playing a back three and having a defensive leader. And we know that Koscielny isn't a big talker. I, I know someone was saying on some podcast day that Mustafi is a big talker, but I assume that turds are just coming out of his mouth regardless of what he's saying. Um, how do we think that we're actually going to fare? How do we think we're, gonna, we're going to line up in the Watford game? Do you think that we'll... We, I mean, for me, with this sort of loss, 
of players, surely playing something like a 4-3-3 would make more sense and, and adding an extra midfielder if we have to play this sort of of, of style and, and lineup. Um. Oh, God. It's It's got to be a... Mm. The thing is, you can still play a back three um, with Mustafi, Koscielny, and then and Monreal. Whether that's the way to go is a different story. I don't trust Koscielny and Mustafi in the two together because they just do not work. Um, neither of them are clever enough. Neither of them read the play well enough. They would get bullied by Dean. Dean is going to have a field day regardless. You know, because, because Socrates not there. He might fuck his in the ass. He might Yeah, He's going to because he knows that these guys are just not up for it. Socrates is, he just can't help himself. You know what I mean? He love he relishes that, that physical, you know, that physical confrontation, right? And it would have been perfect, him versus Dini. He's going to have a field day regardless of who is in that defense. So to be honest with you, you we might as well just stick to a back three and and go from there because like I said Mustafi and Kashoni in there it's a recipe for disaster bro right? yeah yeah I, I don't understand why Socrates was you know we we talked uh, on the fans forum there was a discussion about um, Emery resting players and worrying about the Europa game we have on Thursday but to me if you're so worried about the Europa game why is Socrates starting this was the last game where the two game ban came into effect and he needed one more yellow, which to me, I, I, him getting a yellow is the same as Mustafa or Xhaka getting a yellow. I just assume it's going to happen every time. So I, it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense why Socrates was, maybe, you know, he could have maybe came on later than on the bench, but I, there's no need for him to start. I don't, I just very poor judgment error on uh, Emery's part. If I, I would somewhere. have gone, I would have gone really attacking, in this game, I'd yeah. have gone all out attack. Yeah. I'd have just put the assets on the field and gone out and started fast and tried to put Everton away in the first 30 minutes and then started tearing assets off. Yeah. I, I also, uh, I have, I have actually good friends who are Everton fans, miserable fucks. Um, go fuck yourselves. Ryan's they, friends. Cunts. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, uh, they're constantly complaining. Um, they have been on form lately, but I re- we're a better team. It's just, it really comes down to just simple. Like we're a better team. We should just seriously. I we should have just whipped our dicks out and said, "Hey, we're coming for you. We're gonna score goals. We're gonna ram our dicks down your throat, and that's that. And you're gonna take it." And to me, Everton's a team that likes to take it, you know. So uh, I don't know why we didn't do mm-hmm. it. That that's that's you're expecting that sort of mentality from there's players no, that don't there's have. There's no it. leadership. Leaders put dicks in people's mouths. Pussies, which we are, that's get all fucked the, exactly. Exactly. That sort of mentality went a long time ago. And you would have thought that we would go into this game with some confidence, you know what I mean? Considering that we've been playing well, we've been keeping clean sheets. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I guess that will keep, but I don't know what went on. But that sort of, you know, we're going to come here and we're going to impose ourselves and we're going to take these three points away from you. That's never been in this team's DNA. And it hasn't been in Arsenal's DNA for over 14 to 15 fucking years. So to expect that now? Nah, never. I mean, in so many ways, it it highlights what we've thought about Arsenal throughout so much of the, the Wenger era. And I don't think that that's really been 
addressed and and I think that elephant in the room is leadership. So for me, a, a waveform is about leaders. It's about attitude. It's about going somewhere to someone's house and fucking shit up. And without those sorts of personalities, without those sorts of personalities, almost like alpha personalities, like, fuck you, this is mine. We've got our hands on third place and we're going to go take it from you. For me, those those leaders don't exist at Arsenal. And that's something that we've heavily, heavily got to address. Topes. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to take a couple of steps back and I, I'm going to be the grumpy old man here. Just for but, a change. But I don't think all-out attack was the way and it's certainly maybe the only way we've come to that point with, um, with the help of a nice big fat, of, fat slice of hindsight. For, for me, that three in the back was the conservative way to go, but it was also the right way to go because that's how we've set up our team lately, particularly defensively and particularly away from home. Where it all fell down was the protection in front of those back three. Which is why I you know, said the, playing the, the, the a 4-3-3 three, gives you an extra man in midfield, maybe helps to protect those guys. Mm, yeah, look, don't know. Not, not on our previous form. Not with Main, Maitland-Niles and not with Kolasinac in the team. So, And you saw how destroyed we got when Monreal was playing by himself as a left-back. Left he, he did fine and has done fine in a back three, but he really showed his age in that back four. So not 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 so sure, not so sure on that. Where I agree with you completely is this leadership mentality though. We just we just do not have it in terms of that ability to grab the game by by the scruff of a neck of the neck and we've had a couple of players who've been on fine form for the last month, 6 weeks who really didn't show up today and maybe showed us their true character and possibly you know, struck a couple of nails in their own coffins. Um, you know, and, and those two players for me were Mikatarin and Urzel. We we're we're gonna we're gonna load up and aim at Urzel <laughs> later on, guys, at, at a and mm. you know there's a lot of people been tiptoeing around the Urzel issue because they're worried about splitting the fan base. But this is the Ars Brothers and he can fuck off because he's a fucking pussy. But I do actually have a whole section of that later on. Manny, leadership, leadership yeah. at Arsenal. Mm. And is that a direct correlation, that lack of leadership with a lack of a waveform? Yeah. I mean, this is nothing new. All right. This has been going on for a good few years. I mean, to put it into, into perspective, we've only won nine games in two years, nine away games in two years. Right. And we've never had that proper leadership. We haven't had it in the Emirates era, period, if you really think about it, when you go back over the years, we've never had that, that leadership away from, away from home. When you go away from home, you need a little bit more than skill. You need bastards. You need cunts. You need somebody who's going to leave a foot in. You need to be gritty and you need to grind because you're not only dealing with the opposition playing in front of their home fans. You're dealing with them being up for it. You're dealing with the fans being up for it. You're dealing with a lot more. It's a battle. It's a lot harder to yeah. play away from home. Yeah. But some of these guys have this safety net that it's called the Emirates. The Emirates is like heaven to some of them. 
you're playing at home, nice pitch, you know you're going to get a lot of the ball and you know that you can impose yourself on the opposition but when you go away from home, that's when your character comes out and about nine, maybe eight of these players are absolutely weak, they're pussies, they don't have the mentality, they don't have the strength to go away from home and to perform to the level that we expect them to and it's been going on for far too long. Who was their general meant to be? When Mesut is your captain, and, and yes, this is a shot at Emery, but when Mesut Ozil is your captain, and regardless of the fucking argument about how he played or his passing percentages or this quotation marks, fucking chances created bullshit, which is starting to do my what fucking chances? head in. I, I know. I mean, like, I mean the yeah, overarching. He, he didn't create a chance. Yeah, he, did, he didn't do fucking shit. He dropped deep and circulated the ball. But... When your captain and had terrible body and, language, and that's what I'm getting. If at. he's if he's supposed to be leading, leading by example, which 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 really defines captaincy. You're either a talker and you're a yeller, which he isn't, or you put yourself around the pitch in he's a, a way thrower. that inspires those around you, which he fucking doesn't. A hundred percent, Toby. A hundred percent. And let's not forget that when subbed, he threw his jacket past Emery and onto the pitch. So just on that alone, is that the actions of a captain? Where do you, where do you stand? Let's not dig deep into the Urzel thing yet, Ryan, but where do you stand just on the point of captaincy and Urzel being captain and putting in that kind of leadership performance? Well, first thing, I yeah, I don't think Urzel's a captain. Um, I've been saying that for, you know, for a while, because uh, I've, I've heard rumblings about him being, you know, getting the band a cu- couple years ago. Um, never was a big fan of it. But in also in the same respect, I think there's a few captains on our team that don't deserve it either. I, I have no idea why Ramsey is a captain. He's leaving. He's gone. And I mean, when Ozil came off, he got the band. I, I just, um, I think the whole leadership thing is, is, is a mess. And I think it needs to be fixed. And I think it was a... Yeah, it was a big problem with Wenger, um, and I think the team was kind of okay with it. Team was like, "Well, I'm gonna play," you know, because that it goes back to I think a, a pot ago you guys had when you guys were talking about how Wenger would always play the same eleven every week. So I think that kind of spills over to this season. They're like, "Well, yeah, we can kind of do whatever the fuck we want, skip and dance around the pitch. I'm gonna play next week. I'm gonna do my thing." And Emery's kind of put a stop to it or tried to put a stop to it. But I don't think he's done a, a good enough job uh, for it. And I think that's where you need to bring in leaders that'll, you know, grab you by, by your throat and be like, hey, you want to put this kind of shit performance in? You won't play. I'm not going to play next week. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure about it. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think most of our problems, especially being away from form, comes down to just the lack of leadership the lack of leaders we need to, uh, in the team. Guys, how do you think you impose personality into a team? How do you think you actually change mentality and change, you know, the, the word accountability gets thrown around a lot. I wonder who's making the guys accountable. And I'm not talking about Emery giving a blasting or something like that. I'm talking about people on the pitch accountability on the pitch who's coming up to you and saying this isn't good enough this tempo isn't high enough look i i would say that 
that comes down to like leadership or change management, almost from like a business perspective, you know, you need to bring in the right personnel, move on the personnel that aren't working. You need good leadership from the leader, but you also need a combination of the carrot and the stick. And then you also need it from you utilize the thought process from within the team, you know, like that empowerment approach type of thing. So it's got to be a combination of all these things. But if there is no leaders from within, then it doesn't matter what that leader is doing. And that's Emery, because there won't be any accountability. A manager manager can only do so much. A manager can only uh, fucking lead a person to a fishing hole. He can't make him fish. <laughs> Some standard mixed metaphors you can't and analogies. Fucking make there, someone fish. They've got to want to fish. And I question whether or not they want to fucking fish. Away from home, they don't. They don't want to fish. They'd yeah. rather they. They don't have the yeah, pole. They, they don't even. Maybe Embry gave them the pole, and they have the other assorted tackle, but. And they need to work as a team to find the solution Annie, to catching the fish. And you take that and you make something of it, buddy. Um, listen, the only way you're going to change the mentality is by bringing in players who already have that sort of mentality. Be it because they've been there and done it, or be it because they're young and they have it. And then it's hard to find, but if you look hard enough, that's why we have a fucking scouting team. It's their job to go out there and find these guys who've got it. Because in this team, right, if I'm going to pick someone out, maybe Socrates, maybe. But apart from that, I mean, just... But we got two years with him, don't we? Exactly. But apart from that, just look at the squad itself. Yeah, look at the squad, right? El Nenny's not a fucking leader. He's a headless chicken, right? (laughs) Gwenduzi's 19 years old. He hasn't got... Not now, right? He Look, will be a leader. He will, he be, will a leader. be a leader. He, he got it wrong in the first four minutes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't hate what he was trying to do. He was away from home and he went to try and impose himself on someone. He fucked it because he was on a yellow and he couldn't impose himself after that. But I kind of got what he was about. No, I agree with that. And and people are, are slating, you know, Gwenduzi. I guess we'll, we'll probably touch on that a bit more later on. But people were slating him. They're forgetting that this, again... 19 years old from French League 2 and he is trying to go away from home to Everton and trying to impose himself. How many 19-year-olds can say, Mm. right? And the people that are slating him, when you were 19, were you on the pitch at Everton running around trying to impose yourself? No, you weren't. You probably were at home fucking coming on yourself and letting it dry out, right? So, (laughs) I understand. I understand the the criticism. Speak for yourself, buddy. I wipe it up. All right. I wipe it up as well, right? But I'm talking about these other dickheads, right? That go online and they're slating this 19-year-old for trying to play fucking football. Listen, right? Use your... Yeah, crusty dickheads. Use your fucking heads, right? They use a sock. Use your fucking heads. He's trying, right? And and yes, he's 19. Yes, he's inexperienced. Yes, he needs to fucking bulk up. I don't know what they eat in Morocco, but his mum and dad need to sort him out during the summer because he's way too lightweight. But... I'm not going to hate on him for trying to put a foot in because he was one of the only ones who was and trying. what did Emery expect? What did Emery fucking expect? You've exactly. got a 19-year-old kid 
And the only times he's played well this year is when he's had a senior partner. And look who he had next to him. You can't put him with a guy who hasn't even yeah. been in any contention. Nine games, nine games this year for, for I think something like uh, I might get I might have the the minutes wrong. I looked at the day, but I think it's nine games for something like a hundred and forty minutes for El Nenny. Listen, and regardless, in my of opinion, that, this was the biggest uh, game of the year. This was the biggest game of the year, followed by the next game, followed by the next game, followed by the next game. They're the seven biggest fucking games of the year, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Now I understand that we maybe didn't have the the that we maybe didn't have the personnel, right? But in my opinion, if Ramsey's if Ramsey is fit enough to be on the bench, mm-hmm. he's fit enough to play. Preach. Whether that was forty minutes first nah. half, whether that was forty minutes second half, I don't give a fuck because this game was the game. It was in our hands. All we needed to do was get past this. And I fucking said if we win this game, I was willing to fucking put my money down. And say, that's third place if we win this game. Because the run of away games, it was so important for us in this seven-game run, eight-game run, to get this away win. And what the fuck did you think was going to happen when you put a guy who's played nine games with a 19-year-old fucking kid against Gia and that motherfucker with the beautiful hair? Gomez. Listen. Fucking God, he's a good-looking man. He's a sexual man. And he was was man of the match for me. He was... He, he was, was pinging balls left, right, and center like it was nothing. And I think all of you guys here can agree with me when I say that this is crunch time now, right? And a lot of these mm. guys have not been in this position, right? Where now all of the games actually mean a lot more than three points. They mean that at the end of it, you get to play Champions League football again. And Champions League football has been missing for a lot mm. of these players that are in this squad. So now I'm not even I don't even want to judge the guys on on the season that's gone on, right? Because that's gone now. This is where I'm really going to judge them because now it's crunch time. Can you go out there and can you perform when the pressure's on? When the three points mean a lot more than just three points? Can you do it? Right now, you've already flopped at the first hurdle. Right, and we've got four more away mm. games against teams that are big, physical, that are going to press, that are going to tackle, that are going to hound you when you're on your ball. Can you handle it? Your first test was Everton and you failed. Watford are not going to make it any easier than what Everton done, especially that now they're in the FA Cup final and Troy Deeney has got fucking history with these guys. It's like yeah. a fucking orgy and you just came in the first girl. There's seven more women to have sex with. And you just fucking one-minuted it into the one with the fucking... And it wasn't even one of the good ones. You just one-minuted it into the fucking one on the side who was just hoping someone might throw her an inch. And we threw her more than that. We threw her an inch and a load. Now we're fucked. (sighs) Can I I put forward a a point? A a more sensible point, Toby? Yeah, somewhat, but it's not hard following you. With with what Manny was was saying about failing at that first hurdle, what we saw was a team that we were playing against that had nothing to play for, where every single player killed themselves to win the first and the second ball, regardless of their physical side size over their opponent. I don't know if anyone's. I mean, we tend to be so Arsenal centric, but has anyone actually discussed how fucking physically up for it? Each and every Everton player was. Yes and, and how, no. Yes and, and how, no, Toby. Let me finish my point and how weak we were in comparison in each of those battles. But that's what 
that's the issue. It's not about how physical Everton were. It's about how unphysical and unwilling to rise to the challenge. Our lack of desire. That's right. And our lack of mental toughness. Which I don't think is a lack of desire. It's a lack of leadership. Because if you have leaders on the pitch and someone starts physically imposing themselves on you, it takes that leader to go and grab everyone and say, we're not fucking having this. We've got one hand on third place. This is going to change the the state of the club for possibly the next half a decade. That's how mm. important this is to us. And they folded. And they folded. And they fucking sat down. You know, and, and whether or not that was intentional and, and for any of the fucking haters out there and the fucking shittosphere and stuff like that, I'm not saying that it's intentional, right? People can lie down unintentionally. But like how a leader in the trenches, like how the best generals say, follow me, and they're the first ones over the trench, Arsenal's lack of leadership in this game to be able to get the shell-shocked kids and bit-part players to come over the trenches with them, it's the leaders that failed. Mm. And I think to just add on to that, I also, too, this is Emery's first season, and you would think they'd want to, you know, put a foot forward for their manager. You'd think they want to kind of, you know, change the culture around here a little bit. Um, it, it's, I don't know, it's, it's baffling to me how they, I mean, we... If you look at, you know, players on the pitch individually, yeah, I would say, you know, most of them are definitely lightweight, but, you know, like you guys are saying, you know, Everton really doesn't have much to play for. We have everything to play for, and we want to make that money and see what Emery is really all about, see what he could bring in, who he could bring in, you know, and to me, you know, the more money he gets, the better for us, so, you know, it, it just, I don't know, really doesn't Well, there was one player on that pitch who needed a big man ting. And it was Mesut. Oh. <laughs> <And> it was... <laughs> oh. I told you not to do that before we started recording. Oh. Oh. I couldn't help it. Oh. Was my Jamaican not good? Just want to act like it didn't happen. Oh. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, guys, let's talk about the goal. Obviously not the Arsenal goal, but the fucking Everton goal. I put up a tweet saying everyone who's refs faulting needs to fuck off. Um, let's not look at the referee's performance. I didn't think he had a fantastic performance. Let's not look at the illegal throw-in. All of our undoing was our own. But guys, breaking down the goal, if anyone was at fault, who did we think was at fault and how could we have avoided it? Let's start with our popped cherry from America, Ryan. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I, I may have to like read a rule book or something, but I've been hearing rumblings about how the throw actually was legal. And apparently, uh, they changed the rule a couple of years back. And now you could have like a foot on the line, as long as like you have one foot behind the line, but whatever, who cares? Anyways, uh, you know, honestly, I think I said it, I've said it on a couple of platforms, but I think the person who's biggest at fault was Mustafi. Um, so what happened was the ball was thrown in and Jagielka won, won a header against Mustafi and El Nene. And then the ball got, you know, fucked around. And I think, uh, with Charleston and Cavalooan, one of them, one of those fuckheads got a touch on it. And Mustafi's just staring, drooling, don't know, doesn't know what's going on, doesn't know where he is. And Jagielka's like, oh, cool, like a ball. And he just kicks it right in. And Mustafi has no clue what happened. And 
I don't know. I just and I know some people were saying how he was man of the match, which I'm sure we'll get into, but to me if you know, there was one goal in the entire game and he was I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's hundred percent at fault, but he, majority of the blame goes to him. You know, it's very tough to argue in his favor, but I don't know. Asleep at the wheel as always. <laughs> Big man, what did you think? Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Not not winning the first yeah. header. Not being alert. Yeah. You don't fall in asleep. Again, how many more times are we going to say the same shit? It is it was just calamity from every single one of them. So I'm not gonna pick on one or two. All of them are to blame. Forget that, oh, it, you know, it may have been a, a foul throw or all of that. It's fucking irrelevant, right? You deal with the situation and none of them dealt with it. So fucked a lot of them. Toby? Pretty much preach for the previous comment. Yeah, it was, it was a lack of team effort. There was a lack of aggression attacking the ball at three moments. You know, it was like a ping pong ball. And it was, it was typical lack of awareness and lack of desire. Um, yeah, maybe Mustafi was beaten at the near post from the from the throw in originally, um, but you had a pretty soft effort from Mikatarian, um, who was marking. Yeah, yeah, he lost his guy. Marking a guy a lot bigger than him. Uh, Socrates missed it as well. Didn't show enough, um, you know, aggressiveness or assertiveness in the box. We just got to get that shit out of there. You know, you know, this is this is our house. Get the fuck out, type of thing. You know it. It was very early in the match. It was just, you know, you know, it, it was. Yeah, Richarlison was unmarked as well. Like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. He was unmarked the whole game as far as I'm concerned. No one was, you know, I, I it, it was a very strange, it was a very strange performance defensively in a lot of ways. I mean, the excessively high line that just absolutely fucked Monreal for the entire game. He doesn't have the legs to be that high anymore. I think he's very much in that same place that Koscielny's in at the moment, where as long as the game is played in front of them, they are more than capable as defenders. They are smart defenders. I know you fucking hate Koscielny, Manny, but you just stay quiet for a second. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Hold on, I'll just fucking take the needle off this broken record. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) Uh, Montreal was getting drilled inside all day. The, 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 the space between the lines, the space in the channels. I mean, just to, to finalize on that goal, it was a goal of a team that looked shell-shocked. I mean, looked shell-shocked from a, a, an opening exchange. And um, just quickly while I remember it as well, and I'll throw this out to all of you, so go for it. What the fuck is with the short corners doing nothing and going nowhere? Oh, yeah. Or, or the delivery right. from our corners when we don't go short as well. Let's just concentrate on the shortness of the corners. Mm. Well, it's designed to draw the other team out. Like, that's the whole purpose. Yeah, when it's, it's, to create, when it's you know, executed. A, the one with yeah. Ozil at the start was awful. Ryan? Yeah, no. So, Everton has conceded the most goals in the Premier League from set pieces. I think, it's like, I think they have 14. So... Why are we not taking? Why are we taking short corners? I was I was fuming every corner. I was fuming. I saw a Mkhitaryan lining up right next to Ozil. Ozil lining up right next to Mkhitaryan, and I'm like, what's going on? What are, what are you doing? Yeah, as someone who doesn't, you know, I I I don't heavily rely on stats, but I do know 
that Everton, you know, have conceded the most. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible at set pieces. So why is that not in the forefront of Emery's mind saying, okay, we're playing against the worst team against set pieces. Whip some corners in. Like, I, I don't know. I, the short corners made absolutely no sense to me. We apparently have Mesut Ozil, right? The pass master. And yet we're playing fucking short corners and it's going out and then we're tossing our hands up. Manny, thoughts? I don't understand why. Just get it in there, right? Just get it in there. Cause a bit of havoc, you know, just... I think it was at one point in the first half, Mkhitaryan and Ozil were played a, a short corner and three players were on Ozil and he looked like a scene out of Jurassic Park. He was scared. He was frightened. He didn't know what to do. How you avoid that, you get the ball in. We have people who can head the ball, you know, in, in, in you know, ginger pubes and, and the Spartan himself, you know, just cause a bit mm-hmm. of havoc, cause a bit of mayhem. Ginger Pubes has scored plenty of fucking goals from headers. He's not bad at all. Socrates has scored goals from headers. These guys fucking come from inside our own half, march the whole way up the pitch for Ozil and Mkhitaryan to do some incredibly low-tempoed... And the defenders are like, they're right there, Manny. It's not like they're standing off or we're taking them by surprise. At what point are Arsenal just so fucking predictable that it raises questions about... The directive, like, is it, this must be a directive from Emery and the coaching staff oh, listen, to do it all listen. the fucking time? No, 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 no. Listen, I'm not buying that. Right. The reason why I'm not buying that is sometimes you've got to to rip up the script, right? And you go, you know what? This is not working. So who the fuck is going to take? You know, who's going to be proactive enough to go, you know what, these short corners are not working, fuck it, I'm just going to get it in there. I understand that that it may be something that they're working on in training, but everything that you're working on in training is not exactly going to play out when you play the game, right? It's like, you can have the game plan, you can go through it time after time, but after the first few corners, oh look, it's not working, get it in there. Who is there to take that ownership of it? Who's going to be like, you know what, no, Mkhitaryan, fuck off, I'm going to take this corner, I'm going to put it in there. None of them. They just keep on doing the same shit. We have players who are not rebels. They're not rebellious enough to go, you know what, fuck you, coach. I'm going to do it this way. All of these players are way too fucking nice. All of them, way too nice. I'm going to follow it. To, I'm going to follow the plan to a T. When it's not working, they're still going to follow it. I don't get it. Toby, do you think that's left over from the Wenger period and it's Emery using pieces of a puzzle that belong in a different box? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the easy one to go to, isn't it? Is to is to blame the previous era, well, but we are the same we, issues. We, I mean, we've almost had a year though, so I'm going to put it back on the players rather than the leadership. You can you can keep, like Manny was saying, there's no in-game leadership, so not all rebellion is bad. Some is innovative, isn't it? So I think in the past, you know, your players with a bit more cuntishness, with a bit more guile, would have would have taken things on themselves. You know, I'm probably thinking like your Burkamps with his cuntishness, you know, your Henri's with his renegade style every now and then. Um, Perez, you know, Lumbergs. I mean, yeah. fuck. Continue anyway, onwards. anyway. So let's 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 not hark over the past anymore. But 
you know, it comes back to a lack of in-game leadership. So yes, this is obviously something that's tried in train training, but this is also what this is also Urzel's preference as well. Don't forget. I mean, he's he's the king of the short corner, and he's also the king of showing the slowing the play down. Well, this has segued really well, guys, into one of our our topics we were meant to have later. So we might as well just unpack it right now. How much of our transfer policy moving forward and coming into next year is actually going to be bringing in the right personalities, not necessarily down to finding players with specific skill sets. Mandy, I'll let you hit this one up first. I think I'm hoping that it's a combination of both, to be honest, um, because you need brains and brawn, you know what I mean? And then, to be honest with you, we're lacking both <laughs> at the moment. Mm. So I'd, I'd I'd prefer if we go out there and we get, you know, physical players that are going to be able to handle themselves in away games, such as the Everton one, and players who have a combination of brains and a bit of brawn as well. You know, that can, you know, what if it's not working, fuck it, I'm going to put a tackle in. Like, fuck it, I'm going to kick this guy to the floor. You know, you know, there's somebody who's who's skillful and who's got a bit of a nasty streak. Like, you'd be surprised, but I've seen David Silva hack some people down, right? And he David Silva's arguably the best player in the Premiership. And he, look how opinion. small he is. Like, he looks like you can yep. pack him in a suitcase, right? But when when the going gets tough and you got to do something a little bit nasty, he will put a foot in, you know? So I'm hoping it's a combination of both. I'm hoping we we move on this these nicey, I'm going to, I don't want to put a tackle in i don't want to be rebellious i don't want the manager to shout at me sort of players and get people in there who are going to be like you know what fuck it we're going to do it this way coach you can shout at me afterwards but we won the game ryan do you think we're on the right path with the lichsteiner signing even though even though lichsteiner ended up being has ended up being past it do you think we're actually maybe dipping in the correct barrel there to try and get some winners and some leaders into the club? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, not not when they're 35 years old and, you know, he's I, I, he walking walk into the walking into Emirates with a cane. I, no, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, orig- I, I will admit, though, originally when we did sign him, I was a little optimistic only because of hearing how he is in the dressing room and, and – how apparently rumors were our dressing room was in shambles last season. So I was a little excited that maybe our, our culture would change, our dressing room would change. But to me, we we need leaders. We need – yeah, obviously I want the whole package. Who doesn't? I want the brains. I want the brawn. But right now we need guys in the midfield that could fucking put a tackle in, you know, wh- you know whip out their dicks and just smack, just smack people and not give a fuck of what is going to happen. You know, and I think it comes, and I think, but I do think the, the leadership is is most important. And I think, you know, I actually I actually took a class on leadership uh, like years ago. And the three things that uh, I'm trying to think, the three things that you need to be a captain, or the three different types of being captain, the three C's are competition, culture, and chemistry. We don't have any of that. We don't, we don't have, we, you know, the competition, you know, is someone who's going to put, throw their voice out and say, hey, you know, this is what we need to do. This is what we don't need to do. So on and so forth. The culture, you know, 
uh, right now I don't even know what our culture is because apparently we like fourth, we like Europa, or not even fourth, we like Europa. We want to play in uh, Azerbaijan on Thursday nights, and I, I don't even know. And then the chemistry is a social part. I, I think, but I think with that we're starting to get. I think the team is coming together a little bit. You know, watching the cutesy little videos on uh, Twitter of them, you know, practicing and like getting along. I think is, you know, it's. It's it's better. I don't. All very nice. It's fucking propaganda. It's all very nice, and it is. It's a hundred percent propaganda, Toby. It's a big corporation, and Arsenal dot com share that shit. Yeah, but you have you seen like their Snapchats too? They, I mean, I I do. I generally think they get along. I think Aubameyang and Lacazette really, you know, they're good friends off the pitch. So it's a it's a start. Am, am I happy? No, but it's uh. It's a, it's you know it's better than it was you know last season where uh, Koscielny was crying in his boots in the locker room after one of the games, you know I yeah you know, I don't know well leaders. you know Koscielny is a born leader a fantastic player both fuck in France you, and <laughs> fuck you all right no no fuck you I know you're trying to wind me up all right this is the guy who came out and said that he's Kids were making him cry because of how bad Arsenal are. Fuck him, right? And then he comes out in the summer and he says what he says about the French squad. And this is the guy that is captain of the whole fucking club. No, fuck him. No. Yeah, I was surprised about his comments about the French team. Uh, I don't... And can t- I just can I add totally one point when when we're talking about snappy and and dominant players in the midfield? Let's not forget that Torreira got himself suspended for three matches. We could have really done with him in this game. So let's not forget that. Yes, we've lost Shaka. Ramsey was rested. But you you think about a potential midfield three, and, and I do mean a three of, you know, Torreira, Xhaka, Ramsey, that could have happened in this game, you know, potentially could have happened or putting Genduzi there with a more dominant player beside him, and things could be different. So, you know, it, it's not everything... It, this was a shit performance. This lacked leaderships. Our oldest, bestest players lay down and wanted their tummies rubbed in a submissive position. But it could have been, it could have been better. Like we can't shit the bed because we had injuries and suspension. You know, we were missing three important players. Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not buying this. Or oh, we we missed players and this, that, and the other. No, we deal it's with the culture. reality, right? We, we deal with the reality, and we deal with what we we deal with what we're given. Right, we've missed these players for a few games, right? And we've done okay, right? So all of a sudden now we go away from home and we put in a bad performance is because we missed these players. No, we missed right. Torreira at Newcastle. We still managed to get away with it. We missed you know, Torreira for the last three games, right? For yeah, the last three got, games, and in we've Premier got away with it. Okay, yeah, mm, yeah but you, but it's a combination. It's cumulative. It's no, it, at no point at no point have we missed Koscielny, Xhaka. Torreira and Ramsey all at the same time. No, but at certain points we've missed Bellerin, Holden, Socrates, um, who else? That guy. Like Mustafa. Like we went into the Southampton game, right, with one fit central defender, 
right? And we've had mm. to deal with Bellerin being out for long periods, Holden being out for long periods, Welbeck, people say that he's not a starter, but he's a game changer. We've missed him as well. So we have missed periods. We have missed players for long periods in this season and we've done fine. But because one bad performance against Everton, all of a sudden people go, oh, we've missed Jacko, we missed this guy, we've missed this guy. Fuck off. Is this how far we've fallen, right? That fans are saying that we missed such a shit player like Jacko. Is this where we are right now? Yeah, there was a I, fantastic. I Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I get what Everyone you're saying. Everyone talk at once. I get what you're saying, but this is cumulative effect. This Fuck isn't that. just one thing. So, you know, I'm like you said, I'm not buying. You're not buying it. I'm not buying it either. I'm, I'm not willing to shit the bed over one game. This, this is, this is showing what a bad place we're in. But it was a bad performance. It's one bad performance. Ryan, yeah. what did you have to say then? I also think you you could have even and I don't don't throw stones at me, but I think you could have played on Nene here, and I think you could have you know you could have played him with in a different in a, in a midfield of three. I, I mean, granted, I don't really know who you'd put in there, but I just I, I don't. I'm also yeah, just going back to I'm just baffled. You put him next to a 19 year old and expect like, oh, this is good. We're gonna rest Ramsey for Thursday because that's the thing to do. Which I heard he wasn't even supposed to play. I heard that they, the doctors said he shouldn't play, and mm. Emery, wa- Emery didn't want him to play anyway because of Thursday. And Ramsey's like, no, 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 I want to play, and then they ha- and then they put him in. But I, it doesn't really. Man, fuck Emery in in this in this game, right? I've been very pro Emery all season. I've been very pro Emery. I am allowed to say fuck Emery for one game because he fucked up. I'm not Emery outing or anything like that. But this guy's eyes got too big for his stomach. That's a fact, right? You need to look at the game that's in front of you, not the game that's on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, look, whether it was whether it was a, a, a failure tactically, whether it was a failure emotionally, whatever it was, it was a failure on a number of parts. But there was a tweet, I can't remember, it might have been from Clive from Arsenal Vision. It was from someone who I was like... I, I like this guy, wrote a tweet saying that 11 players should beat Everton regardless of exactly. setup. Thank that you. 11 players should get it done. Thank you. So I refuse against an Everton who have sucked for majority of the fucking year. I refuse to sit there and say, well, this guy was out and this guy was out and this guy was out. Because if that had have happened and we had have lost 2-1, or one nil in a hard-fought, gritty game where we were in it and, and, and they, they snatched a goal and maybe we had some shots on target or their goalkeeper had a great performance or something like that, then I could accept that. But we played like fucking championship mugs. We were fucking terrible today it. and there's no excuse. They, it's, bot- Manny, it. it's bottled it. Yep. Uh, Toby, just quickly, let me throw you a question. How important is it in this upcoming transfer window that Emery buys Emery players? And how much control do you think he's actually going to have over the incoming recruits? Well, firstly, it's incredibly important that he buys the players that he wants and he gets backed. Secondly, I don't think he'll get backed at all because this is Arsenal and this isn't a Cronky era. So it's down to who he can sell in order to who he can bring in, in my belief um, but in terms of culture change and leadership on the pitch not just off of it 
um, I think it's it's absolutely vital. I think there's certain players in certain moulds that need to be kept and certain players who really, really miss their opportunity to show their true selves um, against Everton. So hugely, hugely important to bring in some type of winner, whether it's has been, whether it's an up-and-comer, or whether it's an emerging, uh, or even a player that he's managed before that he knows he can rely on. And I think that's where you get those players like Benega and all that coming up. I don't think that's the solution, but if that's if that's a player that Emery knows and trusts to do a job, to continuously put out a certain performance, then they're the type of players we need to bring in. We've got to get over these pussy-ass pansies who continually build us up and then let us down. You know, when when push comes to shove, you know, we're just not a team that can produce it when it really, really matters or an opposition gets up in our face. So, yep, that's what we need to change. Mm. Well, you said, so, you said, so you said you want, want has-beens. Do you really want another Licksteiner? Because, I mean, th- when, when we... Well, I don't in, mean it has been in fucking 1974. No, <laughs> but... I mean, Cause he'll get in your face, but, but he won't do anything. Like, but I, I, I should have we had a look at like a Zabayeto or something like that. You know, I'm not saying that's who we should have gone gone for. But uh, we're no, talking. I think you're, I think you're personifying a team playing in Europa League if you're doing that, Toby. I, I think you okay. I, I just think you're, 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 you're you know going that off Simpsons where he's digging the hole and he's like, dig up, stupid. Yes. I think you're getting too fixated on my player example rather than what I was saying. Okay, I mean in terms of leadership and players who've been there at that higher level that can drag along these fucktarts. All right, it is not Urzel. It is not Urzel. It is not Mikatarian. They have both proven that for a very long period of time, have both been given second, third, and fourth opportunities, and have both spectacularly failed when it was their time to show true grit and leadership. Well, they don't play well together. And and Mikatarian desperately missed a Wobi. Desperately. Yeah, correct. And there is a lot of money in wages in those two players alone that could be reintegrated. So for me, you know, they are the two most blindingly at fault for our lack of desire and lack of tenacity and lack of will in this game. Guys, let's unpack it. Let's unpack the the elephant in the room. We're going to throw it to Manny first. But once again, we are faced with the two sides of the fence. The Mesut had a good game fence. And the Mesut was fucking awful (laughs) side of the fence. So let's, we've unpacked the leadership issues. Let's unpack the actual performance before we run into 3-2-1s and 1-2-3s. Because I think it needs to be handled before... We actually get there. Manny, Mesut Ozil's performance. Some people out there saying he had to drop deep. He wasn't getting the service. He connected the team quite well. Where did you stand on him in this game and what it means for him for the rest of the season considering we have four more away games? He's a pussy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bitch made, bro. Like that's 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 the perfect way to sum it up. Um, 
we knew and a lot of people knew exactly what was going to happen. This guy has played three away games since Boxing Day. Brighton, Everton in the league and Rennes in the um, in the Europa League. We lost two and drew one of them, right? He's not built for this. He's not built for that type of match. We knew this. Emery knew this. Some of the fans knew this. How many times did Maitland-Niles shout at him to fucking come here? Help me, <laughs> right? Fucking help me. That was me. ridiculous. He waved yeah, he him got away. Out. He waved him away, like put his hand up, like fuck away from me. Like why could like... The thing is, like, this is this is. Let me be Emery for a minute. It's like you know what you're you're starting to do what I want you to do. Now I'm going to trust you to start yeah. this game against Everton. I'm going to trust yeah. you. Go out there and show me why I was wrong to drop you for all those away games. And guess what? You proved Emery exactly right. And this is the narrative that some Arsenal fans go with, right? When Emery wasn't picking Ozil, oh, we need to pick him. He's we, We're not as creative without him, right? Then he starts him in this game and we lose. Oh, we lose as a team. It, it, look at everybody else. Everybody else was rubbish. Why does the narrative suddenly change when he's in the team and we perform badly? But when he's not in the team and we don't create, the narrative changes again. This guy, right, he is, like I said, he's a pussy and he's everything that's wrong with this team. He's not a leader. He doesn't grab the game by the scruff of the neck. He gets bullied. The guy got bullied by five foot seven Luca Dean, right? Mm. Bullied him. Mm. Shoved him yeah. off the ball like he wasn't even there, right? Mm. Five foot seven. Luca Dean, right, is smaller than me and probably smaller than every guy on this podcast, right? Bullied him. He showed absolutely nothing, not the grit, not the fight, not everything that we were talking about, right? And people that say, no, he connected the game. He did this and that, this, that, and the other. He did fuck all. There was no creativity at all. We didn't create anything. He didn't put himself about. He didn't try mm. to, to put himself about. He didn't try to help make the nails. So mm. what the fuck are people watching here? Rose tinted glasses and simply because it's Mesut fucking Ozil. No, fuck him. He's the biggest pussy in this team. When he did have opportunities, he slowed the play down. Exactly. He slowed it. He cut it back inside. He looked all nice. And we missed the break that we had an opportunity. But does anyone not feel Mesut plays so Mesut looks good, not the team? Absolutely. Looks good? Absolutely. Yeah, that's why he slows the game down. Yeah. And when you're a lesser team, you need quick transition. Mm -hmm. And what he's used to is being a dominant team where he can fluff around and do little fucking turns and thread balls through to the greatest players on the planet and pick up assists. But what he actually is, is a coward on the pitch because he never takes that ownership on himself. It's no. always stop and yeah. feed to someone else. So that breakneck break that we had early on where he couldn't, couldn't be fucked running and Lacazette killed himself to get the perfect ball oh. across. Oh my God. Preach. You know, or oh the amount God. of times he slows the play down or he could shoot and he does a little oh. dummy and faint and passes to someone else. The guy is a coward. So how are the Urzel Noshes still finding a fucking way to blame everyone around him? Mate, because that's what they do, right? They don't want to actually see right, what everybody else sees. They tell you that you, don't, you know nothing about football. 
all right and they say oh you don't see what he does bitch i watch the games sometimes i watch it twice maybe three times mm-hmm. if i've got the time so i can see what exactly is it that i'm missing here when Mesut was at Real Madrid, right, it was easy for him to disappear because there were bigger stars that were doing the dirty work. There were bigger stars mm. in that team and Mesut Ozil was allowed to float about because the pressure wasn't on him. But now that you've come to Arsenal and you are the main man, go out there, create. Every talisman in world football, be it Hazard, be it Griezmann, be it Zidane back in the day, be it Ronaldinho, be it Kaka, be it whoever. When the team doesn't perform, they're the first person that everybody goes at because they expect them to be the men who are going to lead them. But when it comes to Ozil, oh no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, you know, criticize him. We should look at everybody else. Fuck him and fuck you, Ozil fans. Mm. Ryan? And my answer before, so, sorry, Ryan, my, my one point was the emergence of the fans who support players and not clubs. That's a new thing. And that's more fucking millennials for you. Mm. Ryan, I know you had some thoughts. You and me had a bit of a, a chat on Messenger and you had a, a, a statement or a quote about how Mesut made you feel because you've been known to nosh Mesut on occasion. Uh, <laughs> like I said before, you know, you call it a noshing. I, I, I feel like a battered woman. Um, I, <laughs> my relationship with those goes, goes back. It goes back. Uh, I've been a fan. I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of the German national team. Um Grew up in a German household, uh, so I, my first soccer that I watched was it was Germany. It was Michael Ballack, Miroslav Klose, Podolski, um, you know. So when Ozil came in 2010, I was like, "Who's that shiny toy? Ooh, I want to see. I want more." And I almost had like a long distance relationship, like a booty call, as you will. And I was like, "All right, cool." You know, and then, you know, he joined Arsenal in 2013, who I was already a fan of. And I was like, all right, well, looks like we're dating. Looks like I'm now in a committed relationship with you. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, you guys are saying what I what I want to say, but I'm just afraid. You know, he's he's let me down so much numerous times. Uh, I I don't really know where to turn. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm also not someone that says he's the best player ever he, he is arsenal and he's it no i'm not he's you know no and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit when he has a bad game but you know it's it's been a tough road uh I almost feel and you like, still remember the good I mean, times he's got a whole yeah i try i try to remember the good blowjobs but uh <laughs> it's it's rough you know because you know they were the blowjobs are getting less and less and less and I was I was starting to get angry, and and again back you guys had a podcast, and I think for like a solid two minutes, Toby and Max kept going back and forth and saying "fuck Mezzozo, fuck Mezzozo," and I was in the car. I was driving, very drunk, and then I started saying it, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck him," and I didn't know, you know, and I I covered my mouth in horror, and I didn't know what I was saying, and I was like, "No, no, no, that's not what I mean," but um, I didn't yeah, mean it, baby. I didn't mean I, yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't mean it, but and. Kind of to, I I want to say it was Tony Adams said this, and I I like the quote. I don't know how I feel about it, but he says about Ozil, he says, Mesut Ozil is the icing on the cake. Arsenal just don't have the cake yet. Now, yes, and like yeah, I agree, kind of agree with what he's saying, but it doesn't matter to me. You got to play what you have. You got to play with what you have, and I agree with I think uh, what Manny said. He refuses to take blame he does and i and i agree and then that really bothers me the most because as a soccer player or 
I should say soccer because I'm America. Apologies, but no, uh, it's football. <laughs> I good. I can say football. All right. So as a football player, uh, the thing that really pisses me off is someone on the pitch that refuses to take blame and blames, uh, blames the fly that was flying next to them or the fucking woman with her tits out over on the sidelines. No, I, I'm sorry. I that I I will not stand for, and I just I can't deal with that. Icing on the fucking cake. I could hear Manny's teeth grinding. Yeah. <laughs> people fall for his his you know the propaganda that he puts out and his PR team is amazing. You know, what I mean he puts up a picture of himself and he uses a Burkamp quote and everybody just falls on their fucking asses as if they just saw, you know, the, nosh, the most nosh, famous nosh, pop star nosh, like nosh, a fucking nosh. You know what I mean? Like a like a Justin Bieber or something and everybody's like, Oh my god, he really fucking cares. Have you seen the pictures of Justin Bieber's dick? What the no, fuck? It's, you, what it's, the a, it's fuck, a hammer. Max? He's he's, huh? he's got a, a white hammer. There's a picture online of Justin Bieber's dick, and it's yeah. fucking huge. Dude, he's got a hammer on him. He's got what? a piece. Yeah, he's I'll got he's got a serious piece. I know. This? Like you said, Justin Bieber. Whenever anyone says Justin Bieber, because I saw this picture of his dick, I just fucking I feel the need to say like the dude's packing. Oh. You just ruined Good for it, him. Randy. You just fuck. <laughs> Listen, the, the point that the point I was trying to make before we completely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying it like you know, certain Arsenal fans are like you know, like 15 year old schoolgirls, man. You know, what I mean, any little thing for them to to fall in love with their precious little bug eyes, and they will do it. Any little flick. Any little touch and it will replay it time after time. Look, nobody else would have seen this. Look at his past for Kalasanak against Burnley at the Emirates. Nobody would have seen that. Do you know how many times we've seen that over the years from different players and it doesn't get that sort of buzz? It's because that's his job. That's what he's supposed to do. What the fuck is wrong with you people? I can't wait until he leaves, mate. And they can go with him. Manny, I'll give you a little statistic. And I, I know you and I spoke about this. I can't remember if it was on Messenger or whether it was on a Guns and Yellow Ribbons episode. But all these people talking about Mesut's chances created, right? When people are scoring goals and making assists, no one gives a fuck about your chances created. In the last 10 games, Eden Hazard has scored six and set up five. Now, I know people are like, they're not the same. They don't play in the same positions. Well, they are just about now. That's 11 game-changing influences in 10 games. Meanwhile, all these fucking noshes are standing around talking about chances created. Fuck your chances created. Can I ask you guys a question, right? And it's going to test your memory. Do you guys remember who assisted Burkamp's goal against Newcastle? No. Pires. Good. No, it was was, was it was it Pires? It it was Pires, right? And then well Toby, a great knowledge from you, Toby. Okay. But here's the thing: Old Man Trev would be proud of your trivia. Hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. The reason why I'm the reason why I'm asking that is because when the goal is scored, and then this is you know back in the day somewhat, when a player scored a goal, nobody really cared who assisted it. It's the fact that we scored a goal and we win in the match. But as time has gone on, people put so much emphasis, and this is since Bug Eyes has been at the club, at a stupid little statistics like chances created and little thing, and, and little stupid stats like that to highlight how much of an influence he is. But 
when we're scoring goals or when we were scoring goals or when we were winning leagues, nobody gave a fuck about assists. They only cared that the fact that we won games. Look how times have fucking changed. This is where we are. That chances created gives some certain people bonus. It's unreal, mate. I, I don't even understand mm. what you know, as someone who isn't completely off the Ozil dick yet, I don't even understand the whole chances created like statistic. I don't you know, I'm if I go to a bar and hit on twenty girls and I get no numbers, no action. Oh well, I created twenty chances. I I talked to twenty girls. I did my thing. Well, <laughs> no, I'm left with a limp dick and a fucking forty dollar beer tab. So I, I I don't I don't know I don't know what else I could do. That's that's a cheap night, buddy. You come to Australia, you get fucked for that. That's like really less than four beers. That's not what I heard. I heard Australia is fucking expensive. No, that's what I mean. It is expensive. All right, got you. <laughs> well, back in the heyday, you know, you got you got to drink, you know, got to drink the domestics. You got to drink the Bud Lights. I get you get that for like four, you know, four dollars here. It's cheap. It's cheap as so, and so. Fuck me, that's good. <laughs> no, nothing is nothing is cheap in Australia. Beers, women, drugs. God help you if you really, really love the scent of cocaine, the sweet smell. <laughs> You'll be bankrupt. I'm not saying yeah. you have to do the drugs. I'm just saying you have to enjoy the smell, the aroma. Then how the hell do you still have money? <laughs> yeah. Mate, I'm very normal, Mandy. I'm fucked up for other reasons. I don't even mainly, believe you. I don't mainly, believe you. Mainly, well, ask Toby. Toby, I was a dickhead at like three, yes? You've been a dickhead since you popped out. There you go, Manny. Genetic dickhead. That doesn't mean you're normal. Boys... Three, two, ones, one, two, threes. Let's kick it off with the pop cherry, the battered woman. Ryan, who did you have for three points? Your man of the match. Uh, yeah, I had to like actually think about this one, but I actually had uh, I had Socrates. Um, I, you know, it was tough. I wanted to give it to him right away, but the whole yellow card thing really bothered me, pissed me off. Um, it was a yellow card he didn't need to get, obviously, for obvious reasons. But, you know, I I watched the yellow card a couple times. He, some could say he kind of had – it was a tactical foul. He kind of had to do it because guy was – it was a – I don't even know who he fouled. Was it Carol Lewin? I don't know. He was kind of gone. But, uh, you know, he, he blocked a lot of shots. And uh, he did well. He had a, a couple really good um, recoveries and receptions. Mm. I mean – I don't know. I really didn't. I, it's hard to find positives, but I tried. Yeah. Big man, who'd you have for three points and why? Oof. Oh, God, this is tough. Um, besides the yellow card, Socrates saved our bacon quite a few times. You know, got in the way of a few shots. Um, put himself about as usual. Um that yellow card was so unnecessary, but there you go. That comes with him. That comes with the territory. So, Spartan for three points, man. This is Sparta. Toby? Yeah, I, I, I thought, well, for me, yes, Socrates as well. I thought he had numerous Sparta moments when every all the other weak pussies were lying around, down around him. He was the only one that showed any fight, really. So, guys, I also had Socrates for three points. And despite giving away the yellow, uh, which I kind of thought was a 
like Ryan said, a, a professional foul, maybe a foul that needed to happen. The way we talk about a lack of leadership in Arsenal, when Genduzi makes that foul on the four and a half minute mark, it's Socrates who goes up and yells in his ear. Not the guy with the captain's armband. And I think that yeah. says a huge amount. Yeah. Yeah, my future captain for sure. I just, like Toby was saying earlier, I, I worry because I, I think he's only here for two more years. So, you know, the next captain, I, I want someone to be here for a little bit and kind of plant their flag on Arsenal. VAR next year and Manny bought it up. I think a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember. Oh, Socrates is going to get fucked. Yeah, he's in real big trouble. Uh, <laughs> oh, was it you? Yeah. Was it you, Manny, or was it someone else who brought up that he'd really struggled at Dortmund? No, it was somebody else. Someone, someone on one of the podcasts I was on was saying that when VAR came into Germany, Socrates really struggled for that season because he is, you know, he likes to wear other people's shirts and defend. I reckon close. it's Arsenal vision. Might have been. Might have been. Um, Ryan. Two points. Who did you have and why? Um, I had Leno. Um, I I mean, I, I, I really don't think he really faced the toughest of shots all game, but he did his job for the most part. Um, I also thought, which I don't think I've really seen um, since he's been here, it, he commanded the box really well. He commanded, you know, it was his area. No one was fucking, fucking with him. And... I want to say his distribution got a little better, but, you know, I, yeah, Leno, two points. Mate, I enjoyed Leno's performance. I, uh, my my only reasoning for not having him in that slot was I, I didn't think that any of the shots were something that shouldn't be saved. So he did everything he needed to do, but had their, their shooting have been better. And you know what? In hindsight, it's not that much different to the first game against Everton at home. Richarlison, Walcott and Calvert-Lewin all didn't have their shooting boots on when we played them earlier in the year and they could have buried us. But good shout. Leno definitely did his job. Big man, who'd you have? Two points. I had Alexander Iwobi. I like that. Two points. There you go. I fucking like that. There you go. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Because we haven't spoken about him yet and we probably should have. So let's go. No, we haven't. I don't, yeah, I don't know why we haven't, yeah. No, we haven't, but we're going to get into it right now, boys. <laughs> why he's getting my two points? He came on and he gave us what we were lacking in this game. Somebody to commit Coleman. Somebody to get Coleman going the other way. Somebody to take that ball and run. A little bit of flair, a little bit of power. He should have come on a lot sooner. He should have started. To- he should have started. And away if he's games, not going to start, should start away games. He's built for away games. Yeah, and if he wasn't going to start, then he should have come on a lot earlier. So to the Iwobi haters, right, because there are a lot of Iwobi haters out there, and I'm addressing you fuckers <laughs> directly because I'm sick of you cunts. You piss me off, right, because you because there's no other player in our team right now that does what Iwobi does, that commits players and that goes past them, right? Yes, he's not the finished article. Yes, he's a headless chicken sometimes. Yes, he gets a nosebleed when it comes to making a decision, but he's what we have at the moment. I'm not saying he's good enough, but he offers us what we don't have. But instead of supporting him, slate him at every single opportunity. Go fuck yourselves, you cunts. Mm. Iwobi gets my, my two points. And I hope he really develops into... The player that I'm, I think he could be. I've got two words for you guys, Raheem Sterling. 
Mm. Mandy, while we're on it, usually throw it to Toby next. But because Mandy's brought it up, Mandy, I had two points for a Wobi brother. I thought he was fucking smashing. I thought he was big, strong, physical, direct. And and do you know the thing I really liked about him? I've been saying for the last couple of podcasts that he lacks the mentality to be the guy. Right? I've been saying he's a supporting cast member. This is one of the 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 first times I've seen him come on when Arsenal needed something and really grab it by the balls and run at people and commit players and force people back. He has done it before, but I mean, not when we've been in, in trouble. And for me, I enjoyed his performance so much that even though it was a very small amount, I also felt the need to give him two points. Tobes? What I just wanted uh, to add in there before I give my two points, Ozil is who stole Awobi's spot for this game. So let, let's just recap the Newcastle game. Awobi had, had a bad game. He was, he was one of the, the worst players on the pitch against Newcastle. So let's just put that aside. So I think Emery made a decision. But who's the player that plays best in partnership with Awobi, even though they're the other side of the pitch? Mkhitaryan. Exactly. And who else had the worst game in this game? Mkhitaryan. Exactly. So I think Awobi Mkhitaryan in this game, with Mkhitaryan linking up on the right and actually protecting and working in partnership with Maitland-Niles, things could have been different. So anyway, I just thought I'd add my two cents in. Just quickly, Toby, why do you think... Just quickly, Toby, why do you think Mm. that is? Why do you think a partnership exists between two wingers who are probably exchanging the ball less than any other partnership on the pitch? I think it's a dynamism thing. So where Awobi has partnerships is he has partnerships with Kolasinac on the overlap. Now, Kolasinac was also terrible this game because he probably missed Awobi. Awobi also likes, because he's not a left footer, he likes to drift in from the left. And then he becomes a pseudo number 10, links up with Lacazette and feeds off to Mkhitaryan on the right. Now, Mkhitaryan is like a transition breakdown type of player and does everything at breakneck speed. So he needs the game to be crumbling around him to be at his best. He can't be playing against a deep-lying defense who's in control because they'll just eat him for breakfast because he's a skinny little prick. So that's, that's why I believe that even though they're on the other sides of the pitch, they actually somehow connect and play off each other. The right-hand side becomes the real quick transition play and the, the lead-up play and the overlaps happen on the left. Toby, who did you have for two points and why? The ginger gimp. Mm. All right. Now, we're, we're scraping the barrel here in terms of good performances, but I thought now Socrates and Mustafi were the only two that showed up. Now, Mustafi had a couple of errors as per normal, but I thought 95% of his game was actually strong and he gave a fuck and made a positive impact. I like it. I like it, mate. Um, I, I thought he was good as well. Uh, Ryan, one point. Who did you have, mate, and why? I actually had a Wobi. I, oh, I, uh, when he came on the pitch and he made that cut inside, I, uh, yeah, I was a little excited. I screamed, there's that Nigerian cock, and I was, <laughs> I, I was pumped. I, I agree, I think he should have started over Ozil. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to say, but, uh, yeah, he was. I honestly, I would have gave him. I would have probably gave him a plus two, maybe man of the match, depending. 
Uh, but he, you know, he only he came on so late in the game. But uh, yeah, I oof, we we needed we needed him, and at least for me, uh, going back to Newcastle game, I don't think he was bad per se. I just think it was more of just he's in effect. He was ineffective. What he mm. did just did not work. Mm. Mm. And I actually thought Kalasinac had a stinker, which made Awobi have a stinker, and Awobi had a stinker, which made Kalasinac have a stinker. So. Mm. There was well, some fucking shit going on there. Yeah, well, yeah, Kalasinac for the last yeah. game was actually my negative three. So, well, Toby, oh no, what, what last game or this game? Last game. I thought you just fucked it. I thought you just jumped in and said no. some shit. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the new facilitator, yo, and you I are. fucked it. Look, Awobi definitely pulled out his massive Justin Bieber and showed it to everyone, and was like, "Look at this." <laughs> Look at this fucking thing. Everybody, come here and fucking look at it. Hit you with it. Fuck you up. It's Nigerian too, so it, it, it'll hurt. It'll, it'll be big. Hurt. It'll be big. <laughs> uh, not as, not as good as Riz, Senegalese though, yeah? Who did you have for your one? <laughs> who, did, who did you have for your one point, <laughs> Manny? Um, ginger pubes are my one yeah, point. Good on you. Um, imagine that... He, we were how, so how bad. How many times do you reckon you've given Mustafi positive points this year? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. On one hand? Um, not many, if any. No, not many. Not many because, you know, I can't stand him. Uh, he's stupid. Like I told you in the last, you know, the North London Derby podcast, he's the kid in school that sniffs glue. But, <laughs> but and plays this... for traffic. And plays for traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the, the yeah, dribbling, glue-sniffing ginger gimp. <laughs> Look, you have to be relatively smart to sniff glue because there's only certain types of glue that will fuck you up. And there's an active ingredient. And what you do is you actually turn the glue bottle upside down to separate the glue and the active ingredient. And the, the glue floats up and the active ingredient floats to the bottom. And then you sniff that. So there's some the fucking fuck science. How do you know that? I, I, don't know? Know how, I don't know how I know it, Toby. He's your brother. You should know. <laughs> no, I know. We've done Toby. everything together. <laughs> and I did everything first. It. You probably gave it to me, knowing our fucking history. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And Jesus Christ. Well, this is going live because I can't cut any of this out and I can't be bothered. Uh, Toby, who did you have for one point and why? Uh, I, I actually had um, you and Manny's favourite player for one point. The um, I, I may as well say it, Rambo. Um, he was the only one that showed any fight. And even though he cashed out after about 20 minutes of showing that fight, he single-handedly drove the team forward and was the only one who matched it with the Everton players. Maybe Lacazette was the other one who actually gave a fuck. Um, so, yeah, one point for me for Rambo for that. Mm. Uh, look, I, if anything, I thought Ramsey might have, in this case, tried a little bit too hard. Um, and cashed but, himself out. Yeah, and cashed himself out. I kind of wrote that down. I kind of toyed with the, the one point for Ramsey. But in the end, I went with a point for Ginger Pubes. He just was not that fucking bad. And I actually thought he was one of the only guys who tried to make incisive entry passes. And Toby, I know you're going to be sitting there with a big grin on your face because you've said it for a couple of weeks, but shut the fuck up because he's usually shit. <laughs> but I thought that the way he got on the ball and the way he actually tried to pass the ball through the lines and skip past the deeper midfield 
was really important to some of our build-up. And yes, he did some Superman Mustafi slides, but all in all, I thought that by his standards, he had a, a fairly good game. Ryan, into the negative points, who did you have for your negative one? So, so I, I actually went back, I went back and forth a few times. Uh, I, had, I actually had Ramsey there, had Maitland Niles there, but I actually ended up um, going with Aubameyang. Um, I just, you know, he he came on at halftime. He had twelve touches the entire game. Awobi came on at what seventy fourth minute, seventy third minute. He had 13 touches, so he wasn't wasn't involved in the game. Didn't do much, and watching the game, I kind of also realized, wait a minute, Aubameyang's fast. I since he really came to Arsenal, I maybe once or twice, but I really haven't like seen his speed, whether it not be utilized or just him not wanting to run. I don't know, but I I just I, I don't know. I just he came on and. I mean, he touched the ball 12 times, so he didn't do anything. He just, I don't know. I don't know if he was there. Manny Rees, negative one. Who'd you have? Mm. I had the Egyptian mop. That's my minus mm. one. Absolutely useless. He is a, a default player. When you start playing, you know, games where you have to create a player, he's the default player. Like on FIFA, <laughs> on Pro Evo, wrestling. And then you've got you to try got... and make yourself not fucking brown you with an mean? afro. And you're like, make it look like me. He is useless. <laughs> He's got 50 <laughs> attributes everywhere. They would probably start his stats exactly the same, huh? Like everything 65. starts like 50 or something. Bang, 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 like bang, bang, bang. He's, he's useless. He, when he gets over. Analogy, Manny. When he gets over the halfway line, I'm telling you, it's like he's back in the dark ages and he's a priest seeing a woman's ankles for the first time. You know what I mean? And he just doesn't know what to do with himself. He, I don't know what he brings. There, there's nobody out there who can tell me what he actually does apart from run around. He's basic. He is just basic. And if anyone out there tells me that he's a good enough squad player, fuck off. Yeah. Well, he can't play in a two. That's sure as shit. Yeah, you can't play in a 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 to 11. He's shit. Fuck you, Big Steve. <laughs> yeah, he, he, made a, he made a few runs. Uh, I will give him credit. He made a few runs in the game. But he'd make the run, and then either no one expected it, no one saw him, and he kind of just looked around and goes, oh, wait, where, what do I do now? And then he would immediately look at Gunduzi, see where he is, and he would do the opposite. It just, I don't know. I didn't, I Maybe didn't really... he thought he was looking in a mirror. And he was like... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. He's useless, man. He's uh, useless. Tobes, mate. Negative one. Who did you have and why? Uh, uh, a negative one for Kolasinac for this game. I thought he was, you know, Shocking. there was only 45 minute sample size of him, but fuck me, it was terrible. Um, he was ineffective, defended poorly, and didn't make up for it with his with any attacking prowess. His pass completion completion was shy. Completion. Um, completion. Um, <laughs> and his final ball delivery was also shite. So 50, negative one. Fifty one percent. Fifty one percent for his pass completion, Toby. I don't know what's happened to <laughs> him the last two games. I was literally just going to say that his pass completion was terrible. Uh, his completion was bad as well. Um, guys, for me, <laughs> completion. <laughs> For me, I went a little bit left field, and I think 
maybe Manny's going to shout at me. I'm not sure. We'll see how we go. But look, I thought a lot of people didn't play well. So instead of kind of looking for, not easy narratives, but things that were kind of there and apparent for this, I, I, I decided to dig a little bit deeper. And you know who I've given my negative one to? I've given my negative one to Lacazette. I don't blame and you. That's, and that's not, that's not because I, I'm, you know, whoever wants to sit there and shout at me and say the midfield didn't connect, he didn't get the service and all of that stuff. I gave him my negative one because I thought it was his weakest, most petulant performance. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the way he threw himself to the ground. I've been impressed with how robust he's been throughout the season. And from the start of the game until the end of the game, he had a really sooky face, like a, a sooky look about him. He's been whinging at the refs a lot lately as well. And for me, it was my least favorite performance of his because I actually think that he is built to be really good in these really robust physical games, and he wasn't. And it wasn't the goal scoring. It wasn't a lack of shots. It wasn't a lack of completion of his primary role. It was the way that he conducted himself on the pitch. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with like that. a kid who didn't get McDonald's after piano class. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. pretty left field, but... <laughs> no, I, 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 I think the effort, I think the effort was there, but I just, yeah, like I said, he's... the foul when he got hit in the the chest and he like fell to the floor holding his face. It, it's not something that I, I have associated with him for the the year, um, and it it kind of I, I was a bit put aback by that from early on. I thought, well, if you're going to try and lean on the referees for the entire game, and I thought maybe that things like that might have actually laid down a marker for the referees to be like, well, fuck this, you're a top three team. We're not going to give you the fouls. Mm. Yeah, it seemed like that today. Yeah, maybe. Manny, you angry at me? I know you love Lacquer. No, I may, I may like Lacquer, but it doesn't mean that he's immune to criticism. He was a petulant little kid. That I wish I could have slapped him in the face and just, you know, fix up, like, you know what I mean? And... Yeah, I don't blame you at all. And then to these lack of, you know, lovers who refuse to criticise him and say, oh, he tried. No, he didn't. He was garbage. Like, let's be real. Mm. Call the spade a spade, man. I don't blame you at all, bro. Well, four of us, four different negative ones, boys. Ryan, negative two. Who did you have and why? Ba-ba-da-da-da, Kalasinac. Yeah, <laughs> he was, he was uh, pretty terrible. Pretty, I mean... He, his last couple games, he's, I feel like he's getting progressively worse. I don't know if it's like a, him and a Wobi. I, I don't know where I can blame it, but he's – I don't know. He just – I think it was his game against Newcastle. He was just – he kept driving to the corner, driving to the corner. And I'm like, cut in, cut in, maybe shoot. You know, give the give the defenders like some – like do something, do something different, you know. And I thought against Everton, I, I feel like he kind of tried that. He tried to cut in, but then he would cut in and then – be like, oh, uh, I've never done this before. What do I do? And he would just shank it over, over the, you know, over the bar, or try to cross it, and it would go way over. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, mm. I was pretty, pretty ecstatic when he got subbed off. At, uh, yeah, and his completion was terrible. Completion. <laughs> 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 he just didn't complete. <laughs> uh... Mandy, negative two. Who did you have and why? Buggers. 
think it was useless. I think for um, actually, I've got I've got a movie title right, and I, I really would love to to produce this movie right. So you've had a Bronx Tale, you've had a Knight's Tale, and my movie is going to be called A Captain's Tale, and it's going to be starring Bug Eyes Ozil and Troy Deeney. Right, because Troy Deeney was in the FA Cup semi-final. They had a last-minute penalty. He picks up that ball and he smashes it. And he was mm-hmm. an absolute rock for Watford. Led by the front, led by example. That's a captain's performance. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. look over at, at, at Stanley Park and look what we had running around. A weak, feeble coward pertains to be a fucking genius. The best thing that he did was throw his jacket and even then that was weak you mean to tell me that you couldn't throw something harder than that something with a bit more weight maybe it was too heavy pussy Mm. get the fuck out the club man (laughs) toby toby negative two who did you have and why i i too had negative two for et himself (laughs) the friendly alien maybe he should phone home and then fuck off and he certainly would be Troy Deeney's jail wife. Oh, he's fucking Troy Deeney. You know, they in jail, like if some, if someone's going to be someone's wife, if, if you want to be someone's wife, you pull your pocket out, and then if they, like, grab your pocket, then you're their jail wife. Yeah. Fucking Troy Deeney's got both of Mesut Ozil's pockets while his dick's in his ass. <laughs> yep. Captain Guys, Gintastic. I also had Urzel for I also had Urzel for my negative two. I couldn't find negative three for him because there was someone else who was so bad. But I just had down a lack of leadership, tempoless, absent. And um uh, look, Manny and I spoke about this on the on the messenger group. There seems to be this common thing now where People listen to us, listen to our podcasts or people who follow us on Twitter or who we engage with, you know, in the Arsenal fans forum, on Twitter, on uh, the TT Guna review, all these all these things that we're on that we talk to people. And people, the second we slag off Mesut, they discount us, disregard us or, or tell us that we're fucking idiots, right? This is an opinions-based podcast. And when we put something out into the world saying that we don't think he played well or that he wasn't there or that he didn't show up, that is not a direct offensive towards you. That is us expressing our opinions. Boys, negative threes, negative threes. Ryan, who did you have for negative three? Your worst cunt. (laughs) The uh, Nacho. Nacho Monreal. Really? Whoa. He, got, he got sliced up. He, he did. If Richarlison had his shooting boots on or if Richarlison was there at all, Richarlison would have easily had a hat trick. I, I, he, he gave Richarlison so much room, so many chances. There was one point, I think uh, uh, Monreal was on the halfway line, and I think he saw, he saw Socrates behind him. He saw Richarlison behind him. He looked, he looks, he turns to him, he sees Kalasinac in front of him, and he goes, nah, fuck it. And then Andre Gomez pings his ball across the field, and Nacho just goes, well, fuck. <laughs> and luckily, nothing came of it. I think I think Richarlison flubbed it or something. I, I don't know, but he just, 
I don't know. I just he got sliced up. He got outrun, outclassed. Um, I I don't know. I I don't know. It's, I just every time Richarlison got the ball, Nacho's like, what what's going on? What am I doing? What do Are I you do? implying that Richarlison may still be inside Nacho? Yeah. I will. I no. See, I don't think so because I think I think Richarlison's long gone. Nacho Nacho is still on the halfway line. Richarlison's already. About to shoot on so goal. you're saying Richarlison was in and out of him so he, fast? It was so yeah, shot it was, his it load little, and got like, out of there. Yeah, it was a little, <laughs> it was a little preemie, it was a little premature ejaculation, and then boom, I'm done. See you, see you next Tuesday. You know, I just I could call this podcast premature ejaculation. It's very possible. Manny, who did you have for negative three? <laughs> you're probably going to shut me down for this one and say I can't do it, but I'm going to try anyway. Do you know Emery, mate? <laughs> no, not not allowed, <laughs> Nanny, not Yeah, allowed. yeah, yeah. But yeah. I would like to. I would like to give a a. Uh, I would have what, done that if I. What's it called? What's it fucking a, called? A dishonorable what's mention. The word I'm looking for, Toby. Dishonorable mention. Dishonorable mention, or like when um the Queen, like you're allowed to do something on but on behalf of the Queen. Yeah. Anyway, what's I can't do it. Thing? That but, thing. Yeah. Anyway, you can't do it. He would have been Manny. He would have been, you know, my negative. 250 man he was yeah i would have yeah. fucked it up Manny, yeah. a normal negative three please from you maitland niles bro amen he, yeah, he got, was got yeah to dry, though, he would he? no yeah. no bro like he would his throw-ins will go straight out he did that a couple of times when he got to the byline his crossing was poor he, his weak header to let bernard in for 1v1 he mm. got twisted and turned by Bernard 1v1 time after time. I understand he was left, he was hung out to try, but there were things that he did. I'm sorry, uh, you're not avoiding this L, Ainsley. No way. I don't care that your mum is a battle axe. You're not avoiding this L. Minus three. He was appalling. Toby, I've got a funny feeling you're going to have the same negative three as me. But negative three, Toby, who did you have and why? In case you hadn't decided already, with my alluding to this from like the first five minutes of the show, Mkhitaryan. Mm, me Absolute too. Me too. lightweight. Mm. Showed all of the problems that we had with him early on without any of the benefits whatsoever and probably set my opinion back of him about three months you know never, he, he never may, got into the game he never found may, the tempo that's right yeah never imposed himself in the game um incredibly lightweight and i said at the top of the show what did you expect what did you expect from a lightweight Urzel, lightweight Mikatarian, yeah. lightweight El Nenny, and a lightweight Genduzi? Exactly. You know, exactly. up against Gia and the man with the beautiful hair. You know, it's and it's no wonder that our defenders were the 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 most impactful players on the pitch, and no wonder that Lacazette was was isolated and frustrated. You know, they they really let him and us down, and our midfield needed to be protected from their front foot assertiveness and they're not the two right players for that you know you know added to the fact that you know Mkhitaryan plays better on the right and has a good understanding with Maitland-Niles so you, you lost combinations as well by doing that he he had an absolute shocker and got monstered 
monstered by um, would have been Coleman. Absolutely monstered. Yeah. So anyway, multiple dicks, multiple holes, and my final yeah. point. Yeah, guys, he may regain my trust. He may. Oh no! Look, he, is... he has he has at least put enough credits in the bank for me to forgive mm. him, right? Mm. And my final point, guys, before we sign off, because this has been a massive podcast. We're nearly at an hour and forty-five minutes, but fuck it, there was a lot to cover. My last point is: Do you know how bad Mesut Ozil was? Mesut Ozil was so bad that Mikatarian was still on the pitch at the end of the game. You've been listening <laughs> to an Ass Brothers rant cast. I've been joined by Ryan, Big Man Manny, and Toby. Have a fantastic night. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Don't give drugs to your younger brother. We'll see you next time on the Ass Brothers rant cast. Good night. Good night.